All right. Good morning, Fritz Bergen. Bloodandfaith.com's weekend 20, no, it's the 10th of February, 2024. News report today about the Cartel Nuevo Jalisco Generacion, CNJG. It's, the, uh, it's one of the Mexican cartels. I think I've mentioned before that I used to live in cartel land. I lived on the wrong side of the Tex-Mex border. I lived on the Mexican side of the U.S.-Mexico border, very close to Brownsville, Texas. Lived in a town called Matamoros, which means kill the more, kill the more. Wonderful legacy of the Spaniards there. Uh, and I don't say that uh, uh, facetiously. I, I, I think we need to return to the strength of European man. Anyway, this Mexican cartel uh, now operates in a town very close to where I grew up, very close to where I spent a, a great deal of my time. In Port Orchard, Washington, which is in, in western Washington state, uh, southern Puget Sound. And uh, I was born in Seattle, and I, I got my undergraduate degree in Seattle, University of Washington, and I grew up west of Seattle. Uh, my parents lived in Port Orchard. My brother has a property very near there. And the Mexican cartels are running wild with an extreme amount of violence that the police force simply can't handle. Police force came out and said, look, we got 26 sworn officers. That's it. That's all we got. They vastly outnumber us. They outgun us. They outman us. We can't stop this. We can't stop this. Now, when I lived in, in, in Mexico and after I lived in Mexico on the wrong side of the border, uh, I, I, said, I told people, look, all this stuff is coming our way. All this stuff is flowing north. And, and it's a message nobody wanted to hear. I, I, not like I have a big audience, but just talking to family and friends. I said, it, it's all coming north. The Mexican cartels used to RPG the local mayor in Matamoros. They would RPG her convoy. Rocket propel grenades shot at her convoy. <laughs> Heads on I in ice boxes. My wife goes to the store on, on the Mexican side, and you got you got there's a car there with the hood with the trunk open, and you got an ice chest full of ice, and there's three heads sitting on it, right in the middle of the day for God and everybody to see. Heads, human heads, recently severed, sitting on ice in the trunk of a car at the local grocery store in Matamoros, Mexico, for everybody to see. There's bodies hanging from bridges. This was now years ago. This was 2015-ish. 20, 24, yeah, 2014, 2015. This was, this was almost a decade ago. And I said, this is coming north. It's all flowing north. It was flowing north then. It's flowing north now. <clears throat> I lived in a very nice part of Matamoros. Matamoros is not a nice town, particularly. But there's an enclave or two, which is decent. And, I, of course, we, they, they put us in there. And uh, my neighbors were the heads of the, I think it was the Gulf Cartel. It was the Gulf Cartel. They, my, my neighbors were literally the Los Jefes, the chiefs of the Gulf Cartel, one of the major Mexican cartels. And they knew who we were. We knew who they were. Uh, they didn't, uh, I can't say they didn't mess with us. There was times when they did. They would show up in the streets and stop diplomats' cars uh, with uh, AK-47s. And uh, just, just to threaten, just to threaten. That was toward the end of my tenure there. And <clears throat> I could drive into my neighborhood and, and you know, 10 o'clock at night or so, uh, it's nighttime, and they'd have their, their uh, uh, garage open, and they're loading in, I don't know, hundreds, thousands of kilos of dope, 
I don't know, hair, I don't know what it was. I didn't stop by and, and say, hey, hey, man, what's going on? But they're loading him into their brand-new F-150s, whether that's to smuggle it across the border or just to distribute along the border, I don't know. But it was wide open, completely wide open. They moved stuff back and forth over the border all the time. They used to have, we'd had Mexican uh, federal police guard our embassy and, and our consulate, and, and you don't think they were calling up the uh, Gulf Cartel and saying so-and-so's on the move? Of course they were. Of course they were. And it was wide open. I knew uh, federal agents there, and their sources in Mexico wouldn't meet them in Mexico. They'd have to go meet on in the U.S. side. I mean, it was bad, and this was 10 years ago. And I said back then, I said, look, all this stuff is flowing north. All this stuff is coming north. And uh, open up the, the paper day, open up the news today, and you've got the uh, uh, Cartel Nuevo Jalisco Generacion, CNJG, GJ, whatever, and they're operating openly in Port Orchard, Washington, a little small town, little small town. It's not a big place. It's not Seattle. It's not Tacoma. It's not far from there either. And the local police force said, look, we're overwhelmed. We can't, there's, we can't stop this. And this has been going on in Mexico for years and years and years. There's two towers in, in Mexico City. You can go and visit them. And, and it's a tribute to literally hundreds of thousands of Mexicans that have died in these drug wars. Hundreds of thousands of Mexicans that have been murdered in these drug wars that are ruling and running and ruining Mexico. It's open. People, it's, it's, they know about it. There's entire swaths of Mexico, about a third of Mexico, that the Mexican army can't go into, the Mexican authorities can't go into, unless they roll in there with armored vehicles to the tune of a couple hundred people. This has been known for years, for years. And, and I said, this stuff is coming north. It's coming north. It's coming north. Well, here we go. My little town not near where I grew up, you've got uh, uh, Mexican cartels running rampant, and, and it cannot be stopped. I've, I've been saying it's coming north. Well, it's here. It's here. It's not just in the big cities. It's in the small towns, too. And you get more and more and more illegals, people that are different than us, and they bring their, their gangs in. Look at, Ven look at the Venezuela gangs in, in New York City. They had, they had some woman tied her up behind a motorcycle and started dragging her through the streets in, in New York City because they're trying to steal her watch or something or purse, and she wouldn't do it. And they started dragging her corpse, or, dragging her body around the cities. Now, what's a man to do? What's a Mexican to do? Well, you're living in Mexico, and what are you going to do? Well, eventually, Mexicans have started to form vigilante groups. And in, in several cases, the, the local community has fought back. They they've find arms, they get arms, which are completely illegal in Mexico, by the way. Don't give up your weapons. Weapons are illegal in Mexico unless you're in the army or you have a permit from the Mexican army. They're illegal. Now... Meanwhile, the Mexican cartels run around with 50 caliber machine guns, 50 caliber rifles, AKs, ARs, millions of rounds, RPGs, RPGs, drones. The Mexican cartels are using drones not only to, to, to distribute uh, drugs, but to drop grenades on their enemies. I lived in El Salvador for two years. You want to know what happened down there? You get MS-13, and you get the 18th Street Gang. And one of the political parties aligned themselves with MS-13 to defeat the, I think it was the Arena Party, the right-wing sort of conservative Christian party. And they started assassinating 
The cartels would assassinate people that ran against the left-wing party. They would have sat brazenly in the middle of the day, shoot them in the head. How many people do you think want to run for office when they're getting shot in the head and the government cannot or will not do anything against it because the government that was in charge at that time was a left-wing government that made the alliance with the gangs, with the Salvadoran gangs. I lived this. I lived this. I said, it's coming north. It's coming north. It's coming north. It's coming north. Is there a difference between Antifa and BLM and MS-13 and uh, CNJG and uh, the Gulf Cartel? Uh, yeah, there is. But at the end of the day, they're extremely organized, have a, a huge intel network, virtually unlimited funds, and they've got no issues with violence whatsoever. No issues with violence whatsoever. What did we see? Oh, I don't know, 2020? The Summer of Love, Antifa and BLM running rampant around our cities, burning cities down, throwing Molotov cocktails at federal officers, law enforcement officers, seceding from the Union, Chaz, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zones. And, and, and no, no, nobody get they get a pass. They get a pass. That's called the established institutional authorities aligning with criminal elements to retain power. That's what that was. Or to retake power from Trump at that time. Saw it in Mexico, saw it in El Salvador. I said, it's coming north. It's here. It's here. And it turns out the only way you can fight back, at least in Mexico, because the army's corrupt. I remember years ago, this was a long time ago. I visited an exclusive enclave on the Pacific coast outside of a well-known tourist destination. And when you approach the, the, the enclave, it was up in a hill looking over the Pacific Ocean, absolutely gorgeous, multi-million dollar homes all over this hill. But to get into this area, you had to pass an army checkpoint, an army checkpoint with 50 caliber and 30 caliber machine guns mounted there. Why? Good question. I wonder why. The army had the power and the money, along with the cartels, to protect where they lived. Same as the place I lived in, in Mexico City. Not Mexico City, Matamoros. I'd, I'd go home to go to my place. I had to go through a checkpoint. Who do you think ran the checkpoint? <laughs> The Mexican police were, 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 were disbanded, uh, the local police were disbanded years before I showed up there. Years. They were all 100% co-opted by the Gulf Cartel. So who do you think ran the uh, 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 security guard post in my neighborhood? It wasn't Samar, it wasn't the Mexican Marines, it wasn't the federal police, it was the Gulf Cartel. It was the Gulf Cartel in, in this, this place in Mexico decades ago. The army had it under control. They had peace with the cartels. The Mexican army is utterly corrupt, working with the cartels. So there's a certain element, a, a non-Mexican element that I won't name, that prefers to work with uh, Samar, the Mexican Marines, because they're less corrupt than the, than the Mexican army. I mean, it's a fascinating story, and it's all coming north. One day in Mexico, Matamoros, uh, my kids were running around on their bikes. We were very safe. They didn't, they didn't, they knew who we were, but they didn't mess with us. And they left the, the bikes outside, and somebody stole our bikes, and we mentioned it to the guards. <laughs> hey, man, the kids left the bikes outside. Boy, the next day, our bikes were back home. They found the bikes, and they brought them back home, and they put them on our front porch. That's power. That's real power. And I said, this is co all coming north. When the criminals run the government, it's all it, it, we're in trouble. So part of what the Mexicans is, have done over the years is... is Individual autonomous communities have, have found arms illegal and they've fought back against the cartels. 
Now, it's hard to do because these cartels, man, I, I'm telling you, they got, they got no mercy, no sympathy, no human emotion to spare men, women, babies, children, nothing. It's hard to fight that. But eventually some of these communi communities started doing it. Well, that's going to come to America too. That's going to come to America where, where men and women and women stand up and say, no, no, the, the police won't do that. The Army won't do that. The FBI won't do that. We'll have to protect ourselves, and they will. And guess who's going to come down against them besides the cartels, besides the criminal elements, besides the Antifas and the BLMs? And, and they will. They absolutely will. It'll be uh, left-wing prosecutors, Jewish prosecutors, will come out and will target Americans for literally defending themselves. And from a political science point of view, my, my point is this. When, when a, a, a human beings cede certain rights to a government uh, and the government fails to uh, exercise their responsibilities judiciously, those rights return to the individuals or the states or the cities. Generally speaking, in modern Western countries, European countries, the citizens have said, you know what, we're going to surrender the right to pursue justice over those who do bad things to us. So Fritz Bergen would say, you know what, I surrender the right to go out there and kill somebody that's hurt my kid. I, I, I turn that over to the government. But the proviso is that the government pursues that, that the government takes that responsibility and pursues the person that hurt my child or my wife or my, my neighbor or myself. And when a government, as a policy, refuses to do that, those rights all return to the individual and the city and the states. Uh, point in fact, uh, when, when, the, the, when the government of the United States, under the Constitution of the United States, refuses to protect states from invasion, refuses to do that, the right to protect that state from invasion returns to the state. I mean, this is basic political science, basic political theory. If the federal government will not protect Texas from invasion, th Texas does not need permission from the federal government to protect its own borders, does not need permission. The federal government failed to exercise the responsibility that it took upon itself with this compact called the Constitution of the United States. W without any court, the, the state simply says, you won't do it, it that, re that right returns to us, that responsibility, that duty returns to us. The duty to protect our state returns to us. Same with individuals. If you live in a society, if you live in a, in a, in a country like, or a city like Port Orchard, Washington, and their cartels are running wild, and they're overwhelming the police, at a certain point, the individual citizens say, you know what, we're going to form our own police force, our own militia, our own militia, our own militia, provided for by the Constitution of the United States, Second Amendment, and we will defend our wives, our homes, our property, our children, our neighborhood from this organized, armed, foreign, invading force. We will do it. The federal government has, has sided with this armed invading force, has sided with this armed invading force. The local police, they don't have the power to do it. And individual citizens are going to rise up. They say, we're going to form a militia like they have in Mexico, and we will fight this foreign invading force ourselves. Unfortunately, in the United States of America, you have a foreign force that exercises way too much control over this country, and they will turn around and they will prosecute Americans just like they did on January 6th. And they will it, 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 side with and embolden the 
actual perpetrators of domestic terrorism, BLM and Antifa, and throw the traditional Americans in prison. That's what's going on. And I, yeah, like I was for years now, for a decade now, I said, all this is coming north. Well, it's come north, not just to the big cities, but the little cities too. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, we're barely seeing uh, uh, the implications of that in our major cities now with this recent invasion of 10, 20 million people. What do you think that's going to look like in five or 10 years? It's spreading to the little towns, spreading to the small towns. We have a breakdown of our civilization. We have a breakdown of our civil, and it's being done on purpose. If you go back and you read the founding fathers, they'll, they'll, they're very clear. Listen, if you want a free country, if you want a, a, a country full of liberty, you know, we'll give you a constitution for that, but it's not magic. It's not a magic piece of paper that makes things happen. I said this is only given to a moral and Christian race, a moral and Christian and a religious race, religious people. It won't work with anybody or anything. You can't take it and, and lay it over Haiti and hope Haiti <laughs> turns into something like Iowa or New Hampshire. Well, the enemies of Christendom know this. And so what they've done is to do everything they can to extinguish the Europeans and the sons and daughters of Christendom. That's why this is going on. And, and Christians and pastors, especially when a pastor, they pretend like there's not this existential war between the sons of light and the sons of darkness. They pretend, that they pretend like we're brothers. They pretend like Genesis 3.15 simply doesn't exist, where Jesus Christ himself, he looks at Adam, looks at Eve, he looks at the serpent, and he says, I'm going to put hatred between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. Pastors pretend that doesn't exist. It's, a, it's an unsolvable existential crisis. That, that never goes away. That cannot go, go away because it came from God. God said, I put that there. I'm putting that there. I'm putting the hatred and the enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. And the Gospels tell you who the seed of the serpent is. It's very open. John the Baptist opens up and he says, you brood of vipers, you brood of vipers, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. And you got Christian pastors pretending like that. John the Baptist never said that. Oh, he's just talking about child molesters and rapists. No, he's not. He's talking to the leaders of what we now know as Judaism. That's who he was talking to. Jesus Christ makes that explicit. John 4, John 8, 44. He says to the Jews, the Jews, the Jews, the Jews. It's, it's in context. You can't deny it. You don't believe Fritz Bergen, read the Bible. If you don't believe the Bible, read the Jews. Jews will tell you that the, 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 the New Testament is utterly irrevocably anti some anti-Judaism, anti-Jew. Oh, oh, you're just a Nazi. Yeah, no, no, it's what it says. Even the Jews agree with me. Is the New Testament anti-Semitic? Article in Jerusalem Post, August 5th, 2019. Google it up. Rabbi wrote it. It's a great article. I, I frequently have referred to it and have, have put links on my uh, bloodandfaith.com. Referencing it. And the church is AWOL. The church is utterly AWOL in this whole debacle, in this whole collapse of, of a European and Christian civilizations. Gone. Gone. Why do you think people want to come to America? Have you ever thought about that? Because it's better than the hole that they left. But do you think when these people show up, they're going to suddenly become the people that 
made America? Do you think they're going to become a Christian and religious race when they come out of Somalia or Pakistan? Do you think they're going to come out and, and, and have the same uh, intellect, the same IQ, the same values, the same mind of German immigrants or English immigrants? That we don't have a, a, the Constitution is not, is, is not magic, neither is our dirt magic. Our dirt is not magic. And so what you do, you, you take, this is as old as history, you take a bunch of peoples, you bring them together, you put them under one government, you make them fight each other. In all control, it, it goes to some central evil authority. Book of Esther goes to the Jews. So as this invasion continues, you can expect to see this. I, you know, I probably won't see this at the, before the end of my lifetime, but people are going to have to say, you know what, th this is done, it's over. The compact is gone, the Constitution is gone, the federal government will not abide by the responsibilities it was given by the various states, and the states will have to take back responsibility for the protection of their border and the suppression of violence towards its citizens. And if the state won't do that, it has to devolve to the counties. And if the counties will, won't do it, it'll have to devolve to individual families and heads of households, allying with other heads of households. I mean, that's what's happened in Mexico. It's all coming north. Well, I just, I can't believe, well, have some courage. Have some courage. It, it is happening. It's factual. And I keep looking to the pastors. I keep looking to the pastors. There's other stories out there. You hear about the central bank digital courtesies. CBDCs, and how they'll be able to track everything you spend and then shut down, uh, shut you down if you don't spend your money right. You've heard about the federal government is, is working with the high-tech companies to uh, uh, use uh, artificial intelligence to suppress ideas that they disagree with. At the end of the day, there's only one defense against that, and it's going to be analog pastors standing in pulpits preaching the gospel saying things that are forbidden by the Antichrist and the beast, if they have the courage to do so. At the end of the day, the greatest communication method in the world, it's not the Internet. It's not the Internet. It's not your radio. It's not your TV. It's not your movies. It's the pastors. It's the preachers in the pulpits. But the pastors and the preachers have abandoned their responsibility to be loyal to the entire Word of God. They've abandoned it. I'm, I, I don't know how else to say it. They've said, you know what, we're going to say what the beast permits us to say. Okay, and if the beast permits us to say it, we'll say it. If the beast forbids it, we'll forbid it. If the, if the whore that rides the beast is upset about it, we won't say it. If the Antichrist uh, calls us dirty names, we won't say it. So what they've done is bent the knee to the whore, the beast, and the Antichrist, and the lawless one, the man of lawlessness, which I talked about yesterday, then the pastor said, okay, I'll talk about that. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Well, we can talk about a coming rapture, a coming Antichrist, not a, not a present Antichrist. No, no, we can never do that. We can talk about the coming beast somewhere in the future, but not the current beast that rages and, and, and rages and blasphemes and arrogance and tears into other kingdoms around the world. We can't talk about that, no. We can talk about a hypothetical coming of some beast, or a hypothetical arrival in the future of some man of lawlessness, but not the man of lawlessness, not the spirit of lawlessness that rules now. Preachers won't do it. Pastors won't do it. Well, you'll offend people. 
And Bible says not to offend people. Cowardice has many justifications. The bold are lonely. Cowardice has many justifications. Theological, scriptural, intellectual. But the bold are lonely people. And I've, I've said this 50 times. It's worth saying again. Uh, Jesus Christ was pretty offensive. So was Stephen. So was Peter. So was Paul. Why do you think they killed him? Why do you think they went after him? Why do you think they tried to kill them? Because he, they defied the Antichrist of their day. They defied the beast of the day. That's why. And y'all are waiting for some beast or some Antichrist of the future to show up. The apostles were fighting this 2,000 years ago. Why, why won't we fight today in our generation? Well, we need to submit to the authorities and, and give them what's their due. And we're just concerned about people being born again. Well, why are you concerned about anybody being born again? Why? Why, why born again? Why, born, why is that one's little scripture stick out to you as important? Why not John 8, 44? That's equally a scripture. Why not 1 Thessalonians 2, 14 through 16? Why not Revelation 2, 9? Revelation 3, why not those? Why not 80 verses in the book of Acts? 80 verses in the book of Acts. 80 times in the book of Acts, it refers to the enemy as the Jew. The Jew, the Jew, the Jew, the Jew. 80 times. Well, I don't believe that. I, what the Jews do. That's why I keep referring to this article written by a rabbi. He said, look, this, these scriptures that the Christians hold to, they're irredeemably, constitutionally, to the root, anti-Semitic, anti-Jewish. And if you, if, you, if you read it and you can't see it for yourself and you don't believe me, go ask the rabbis. Why do you, I mean, but the pastors won't say this. And this is a problem. This is a big fat problem. The nuclear weapon that will take our countries back, countries plural, European and Christian nations back, are, are the pastors. But the pastors have willingly neutered themselves. They've willingly neutered themselves. The scriptures are there for you to read. It's not like somebody's preventing you from reading the Bible. And I'm not giving you any interpretation other than what the scriptures say. I mentioned yesterday in first, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, the man of lawlessness, that, that the Almighty will send. He said, I'll send a great delusion. I'll send a great delusion, a grand great delusion. I think the book of Revelation talks about that, that, that people will be deceived so that even the elect, even the elect, the elect will be deceived. We're there. It's not coming, we're there. You got people calling themselves Christians and they bow down and grovel before the Antichrist, they grovel before the beast, they grovel before the spirit of the man of lawlessness, they grovel before those who call themselves Jews but are not, but are liars of the synagogue of Satan. And they preen and pose as if they're the greatest moralist that the world has ever seen. Look at me, look at me. I'm not racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, queerphobic, intolerant, divisive, or anti-Semitic like some people. I just try to line myself up with what Jesus Christ said. If I can say something that offends the Antichrist and the beast and the whore and the spirit of the man of lawlessness, I will do it. I will do it. I don't go out of my way to avoid being bullied by the Antichrist. Do you, Pastor? Well, you don't understand. I'm, you know, I'm responsible for uh, you know, all these people, the 200 people here, and I can't upset them. I'm responsible for my wife and a bunch of kids, grandkids. And the advice given to me, I don't know, years ago now, 
when I got caught by the Jews for saying what I'm saying, not that I was trying to hide it, because I certainly have never tried to hide that. I told them to your, their faces, and I had said, I've done nothing in secret. I've done nothing in secret. My face and my name are all over everything I've said and I've written for years. I've got, I've got nothing to hide. This guy told me, he said, listen, man, you, you, you know, you've got to take care of your family. You've got to take care of your family because, you know, you're going to lose your job and you're going to lose your money and uh, you're going to be in trouble and, you know, you're going to get investigated. My response is, listen, first of all, I owe my God before I owe my family. That's number one. Number two, uh, I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this for my children. I'm doing this for my children. What, Pastor, what, what are you going to do? You're, you're going to be an example to your congregation of bending the knee to the Antichrist? Is that your example? Are you gonna, is your example that to, to bend the knee and submit to the Antichrist and the beast? Is that the example you have to your congregation? Is the example you're making to your congregation to not be offensive to the Antichrist authorities? Is that what you're giving your congregation? An example of submission to Satan and his synagogue and his children? Is that the example that you're giving to your congregation? To lead them into hell as well? Judas Iscariot sided with the Jews and you side with the Jews? We have such a nice little church going on. No, you don't have a nice little church going on. If, if your greatest concern is not offending people, you don't have a great church. You have an antichrist church going on. I don't care how many crosses you have on it. Judas Iscariot was called and chosen by Jesus Christ to preach the gospel, cast out devils, healed the sick, and at the end he sides with the Jews. The example we owe to our congregations, our families, our children, is boldness and courage in the face of the current Antichrist and Antichrists. That's the example we owe them. Not submission, not being the gray man. Again, Gideon, Gideon, Gideon. Gideon is the watchword. He's a guy. He just, look, man, I just want to <laughs> be left alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. I just want to trample out my wheat in this wine press and, and stay away from the Malachites. Oh, God, help us, save us, send us a revival or send somebody. <laughs> And the Almighty goes up to Gideon and says, get off your stinking knees, get out of this hole, and go do something about it. Open up your mouth, burn down the idols in your father's house. And I can't, I'm just a little weak man, I don't, I can't do that. <laughs> they'll kill me, Jesus, they'll kill me. Yeah, they will kill you, they will. Yeah, read the gospel. Have you read the gospels lately? Have you read the gospels where Jesus Christ is very clear? Look, man, if they kill me, then why do you expect any better treatment? If they call me billable, why do you expect any better treatment? If they call me evil names, why why is it that you think that somehow you're going to get better treatment from the Antichrist than 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 Jesus Christ did? Who was the Antichrist in the time of Christ? Who do you think it was? It was the Jews. They literally murdered Jesus Christ. They murdered him, and he went to him over and over and over. He said, why are you trying to kill me? Why are you trying to kill me? He never said that to Pontius Pilate. He never said that to the Europeans. He said it to the Jews. Read the book of John, the gospel according to St. John. And when he's murdered, the charge comes back. The charge is to the Jews. It's not to Pilate. 
Oh yeah, they killed them. They, 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 they do what they do today. They'll use a, a, a somebody else's hands to do it. They used a European man's hands to do it, but it was the Jews behind it all. The scriptures make that clear. That's not Fritz Berger's interpretation. The Holy Scriptures make that clear. Stephen, he goes up to the chief priest, the, 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 the council. He says, you're the one that murdered the righteous one. You, it was you. He didn't go up to, to Pontius Pilate. He didn't go to the Romans and say, well, you killed Jesus. No, he went to the Jews. The Antichrist, literally the Antichrist, who murdered Jesus Christ. The role has not changed. Their role has not changed in 2,000 years. And Jesus Christ said, listen, these people are not the biological offspring of Israel. They're not. Revelation 2.9, Revelation 3.9. They're false Jews. They're liars. They're the synagogue of Satan. And they still rule the world. And Christians will do everything they can to bow down and grovel before the Antichrist Jew. Oh, they're God's chosen. No, they're not. They're Satan's chosen people. Look, the whole thing's coming unraveling. I, I, you know, I'll go back to the invasion and, and that long preceded Biden. I'll go back to the Mexican cartels that are, are as brutal and ruthless as any of the Aztec, uh, Aztec human sacrifice mongering priests that you had 600 years ago. And he's got the same evil spirit. Salvador, MS-13, killing and raping, murdering. And, and it's hard to stop that. It's, you, can, you, you can't stop that by voting. It's going to take a bigger gang to, to, to beat their heads in. I'm telling you, Mexicans have figured it out. That's why they've started forming their own militias down there. Oh, nobody wants that word to get out. That's a bad word. But at a certain point, people have to stand up and say, you know what, look, it's, it's the lives of our wives and our kids and our neighbors and our nieces and nephews. It's worth my life for that. We're looking. You need to think about this. It, it, it's a runaway train. It's a runaway train. You don't just stop this. I don't care who gets elected next term. You don't. It doesn't just stop. You don't think they're gonna they're gonna get together and plot and plan and preen and, and roll like they rolled in two thousand with Antifa and BLM burning down citizens uh, cities if 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 so and so gets elected. You don't think that's gonna happen? And then and, and then and then work with uh, state governors uh, that, that will side with the enemy, that will work with the Mexican cartels and the Salvadoran cartels and the Russian cartels and the Chinese triads. You don't think that's going to happen? Wake up. Wake up. Now, you won't read this in the press because they, don't, they, they want people just to go to their deaths quietly. They want this civilization to go, go to its death quietly. They want the European and Christian race to go to its death quietly. The Jews own the press. Oh, you can't say that. That's anti-Semitic. Yeah, it's anti-Satanic. Uh, I'm anti-Satanic. I am anti-Satanic. And the churches and the pastors and the pulpits have been trained to be submissive. They, they have been. It's the one thing and it's the only thing that will turn things around. The pastors have to grow a pair I'm not asking them to say what I'm saying. I'm not. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking you to say what Jesus Christ said. The very things that offended the Antichrist 2,000 years ago will offend the same Antichrist today. The very things that offended the beast, the raging beast, the Roman Empire 2,000 years ago, will offend the raging beast of the globalist and the United States government today. 
oh yeah, we're no longer a Christian government. We're no longer a Christian people. The United States government uh, advances sodomy and transsexualism around the world. It's evil. It will punish those who will stand up for righteousness. I mean, there's a leader of a certain foreign country. He says, listen, we are a Christian nation. A couple of countries that have said that. Oh, boy, that sure gets the wrath of the Antichrist that run the United States. They don't like that at all. They're going to punish that. Pastor, you need to say that which offends the beast and the Antichrist and the man of lawlessness and the whore. And if you can't do it today, you're not going to do it tomorrow when the right Antichrist and beast and the man, uh, man of lawlessness and the whore show up and the great Babylon the Great. Y'all are waiting for something that's already been happening for generations now. And, and, and you're waiting for something that's going to happen in the future. And you're hoping to get raptured out of here. And you're not getting raptured out of here. You're not getting raptured out of here. I'm telling you. That's a false gospel. That's a false hope. Our, our, our glory and our honor is today. Our glory and our honor is today. Is to stand up and say things that defy the beast, the antichrist, the whore, and the man of lawlessness. But you won't do it because you're afraid. Look, the scriptures are there. The scriptures are there. Well, I'll lose everything. Yes, 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 you will. That's what it means to be a Christian. We just want a New Testament revival. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. You want a New Testament revival? Somebody had to die for that revival. You're not willing to die. Jesus Christ had to die for that day of Pentecost. Stephen had to die for that revival, that act, book of Acts revival. Peter had to stand up there literally knowing, knowing in his mind that he was going to get murdered when he stood up and defied the Jews on the day of Pentecost. It turns out it, it didn't come that moment. Maybe you'll get lucky. You don't want revival. You don't want the book of Acts revival. It's going to cost a lot. Oh, but we just read where the Holy Spirit gets poured out and it happened at that college back east somewhere a few years ago when they just praised Jesus for a week. Yeah, and what's the net result of that? Antichrist is like, <laughs> couldn't care less. <laughs> you know you're having an effect when the Antichrist is upset with you. You know you're having an effect when the beast is upset with you. If the Antichrist and the whore and the beast and the man of lawlessness give you a shrug and don't look twice at you as you're running your soup kitchens and your drug outreach programs and your homeless shelters, that's a pretty good clue that we're on the wrong path. Y'all are waiting for the Holy Ghost to drop out of heaven. And the Holy Ghost is waiting for you to stand up and do what Jeremiah did, do what Gideon did, do what Stephen did, do what Peter did, do what Paul did, do what Jesus Christ did. Defy the Antichrist to their faces, out loud, with their mouth. Oh, that'll get their attention. That will get their attention. And your own people will turn against you. Uh, ask Jesus Christ. Ask Jesus Christ. Book of John. He goes out and he says that which offends the most. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. They left him by the hundreds. He fired his own congregation. Well, he's just a nut. He's just insane. He's a fundamentalist, uh, uh, anti-Semitic racist. Look, if they're not calling you Beelzebub, what are they calling you? 
Righteous among the nations? Righteous among the Gentiles? They called that a Judas Iscariot. They called that a Judas Iscariot. We have a weapon. It's called the pulpit. We have a weapon. It's called the pastors. We have a weapon. It's called the priests. We have a weapon. It's called the word of God. We have a weapon. It's called our tongue. But we don't use it because we're afraid. And it's easier to submit. And we've been lied to by our own pastors, by our own theological experts, by our own leaders, and it's amplified in the same press that's controlled by the Antichrist. And what's happened in the Christian church is the same thing that happened with the ancient Jews, the Jews of 3,000 years ago. You said, yeah, we know what the Word of God says. We know what the Ten Commandments said. But we're going to interpret it this way. Church has gone down the same route as the Jews. It's gone down the same route as the Jews. Yeah, it, we know it says that the Jews are the devil's children. But, you know, we, we don't accept that anymore. That's just not right. Because that's anti-Semitic. And we can't be anti-Semitic because, well, that's the rules we were given by the Antichrist. And, but we're going to pretend it wasn't. We're going to pretend like this is just the way to be. <laughs> we make all these excuses for rejecting literally what Jesus Christ said. My goal is to stir up the minds of the church, stir up the minds of the pastors, stir up the minds of individual Christians. Gideon was not a big deal. He was said the truth when he said, look, I'm the least man in the least house and the least tribe of Israel. But if he was willing, he said, look, get out there. Get to work. Yeah, it might cost you your life. Probably will cost you your life. Where are we at? Where Do, I, do we believe? Do we believe? Do we believe or is this a big fat game? Ain't a game to me. We lose because we treat it like a game. Fritz Bergen, bloodandfaith.com.